Hi, I'm Joss. Hi, I'm Claudia. And this is the Let's Get Down to Business podcast. We're two cousins on opposite ends of the globe with a lot of opinions about figure skating. And we're here to deliver the news, recaps, and learn how to show love and camaraderie while being impeccably COVID safe like Boyang Jin. Hello, hello. How are you? Hey, Joss. I am heckin' tired. It's been a long week at work, and I just, I don't feel like I'm sleep deprived because I feel like I'm getting enough hours, but I also feel very sleep deprived, if you know what I mean. Yes, I am uh, living in the States, so because it's been election week, I am very sleep deprived, and I feel very tired (laughs) waiting for these ballots from Nevada to be counted. Girl, let me tell you, the whole world is waiting. There is nothing else on Australian TV apart from election stuff. Like, I'm paying really close attention to election stuff because it affects my work. So we feel you, girl. We're we're cheering from, like, across the pond. (laughs) (laughs) In sadder news, I guess, um, we just heard that today, the day that we're recording, uh, Alex Trebek, the host of Jeopardy for many, many, many years, uh, just passed away after multiple battles with cancer. Uh, this is kind of Aww. skating community adjacent because we just watched uh, Jackie Wong from Rocker Skating on Jeopardy. He was a Jeopardy contestant. Um, it's just so sad because, like, I grew up watching Jeopardy, um, and <laughs> I feel like, Claudia, you and I are, like, the opposite of Jeopardy contestants. Like, we have a lot of, like, okay. specific interests. <laughs> Would make a really good team, though. It's true. Well, okay, Jeopardy is for people like my husband slash your cousin. Oh, you know what? Your husband and I would absolutely smash Jeopardy. We'd be such a great team. And I would I would always uh, be very good at one category, one specific category. That would be like... <laughs> can we call for help? And we're like, yes, for this Jocelyn, come up to the stage <laughs> talking about Taylor Swift. <laughs> yeah. And you'd also probably scream out the answers if we didn't get it and just be like absolutely so angry at us. <laughs> I would be that terrible person that doesn't buzz in and doesn't phrase the answer as like a, what is this? I would just like say the answer and be like in the red because... You, you'd yell the answer when you're not even a contestant. Yes, that would be me. But yes, <laughs> not to veer too much off topic. Uh, we just wanted to give our condolences and support to Alex Trebek's friends and family. I know this is terribly difficult. And I know that a lot of people have a lot of like emotional ties to both Jeopardy and seeing him host Jeopardy. So it's very iconic. Yes, extremely iconic. Okay, so let's get started with our discussion. This week, we are going to talk about Budapest Trophy. We're a bit overdue, but we're going to talk about it. And of course, this week's Grand Prix, the Cup of China. Quote unquote, Grand Prix, Cup of China. (laughs) Yeah. In big quotation marks, but let's start off with Budapest Trophy, and we're just going to keep this short and sweet. We're going to talk about Luna Hendricks and Daniel Grassel, both of whom won the events. All right, let's start with Luna, whose birthday was also a couple of days ago, so happy belated 21st birthday, Luna. Oh my gosh, 21. 21 is exciting. I know, <laughs> but in COVID times, like... She can, she can rock out and party next year. Um, well, she did rock out and party in her short program, skated to It's All Coming Back to Me Now by Celine Dion, because this shit really did all come back to her. Look, we get more Celine, and it is great. So she kept this short program from 
last season. And, you know, why not? She does so great in it. I love the dress that she was wearing. And it just made me so happy to see her so happy after her program. But And I kind of just wish there was a bigger audience at Budapest just to give her that moment. But she, she did great. I really loved that final layback spin. She always just kills it. But it was a really solid short program for her. What did you think? Yes, it was such a solid short program. And she was just overcome with joy. Like, I literally was... So in The Kiss and Cry, she and Brother Yorick. Yeah. Brother Yorick sounds like a character on... <laughs> this is totally off topic. But there's a, a Disney show that I used to watch when I was a little kid. And it's called Gummy Bears. And it's literally like these... <laughs> gummy bears that are dressed in like medieval costumes brother yorick sounds like a character in disney's gummy bears but anyways uh off topic you're like there was there was a show called gummy bears and it's about gummy bears and i'm like whoa Uh, really (laughs) um but brother yorick was in the kiss and cry with luna and they were both crying like lord help me we stand a supportive brother oh absolutely and we also stand her free program to Fever by Beyonce. As soon as like the first note sounded, I was like up in my seat going, yes, yes, Luna. <laughs> we love it. Unfortunately, there were some issues with uh, popping jumps. However, I think... Girl. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> all in all, it was a pretty good event just for the fact that she had that moment yeah you know i think that in the free skate i found it interesting that there were like three jumping passes in the second half of the program but it was done in the most subdued part of the music when like beyonce's not really doing much and it's almost quiet and she's just you know jumping 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 and i'm like well this doesn't make too much choreographic sense but okay um, but in general, I, I like the program and its potential a lot, but I feel as if there could be some edits to the music just to make it kick more and carry the same energy or at least build up the energy towards the end. But love it. Love Luna. Great. Congratulations on winning. Yeah, uh, this is uh, the same issues as <laughs> my favorite gripe of the season, <laughs> Mariah Bell's ABBA program. Same. But it's not yeah. so much a gripe as... Yeah, I think it could just use like a few tweaks. ABBA makes this program look quite good. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, But I think just overall, it was just such a great event for her. I know she was taking some time off from some pretty significant time off. um, And it looks like she is back. She is overjoyed to be back and to have skated such a successful short program and also to share that with her brother. Let's move on to Daniel Grassel, who won the men's event at Budapest Trophy. Now, he is skating to Dig Down by Muse in his short program and Joker in his free skate and that was choreographed by Benoit Richard. What did you think about his short program? Because I thought it was interesting. (laughs) I think Daniel Grossel as like a human being is quite interesting. True. He gives me like big Pinocchio energy. Like I just... (laughs) Yes. Pinocchio from Shrek, right? Pinocchio from Shrek. I mean both Pinocchio. I'm a real boy now. (laughs) Both Pinocchio from Shrek and Disney's Pinocchio. Same same energy. I think yes. all three of them same are, are brothers. Like like Luna and Yorick, <laughs> you know, s- siblings of some type. <laughs> uh, I thought it, 
it was a really interesting program in the sense that it felt quite chaotic. Um, but one note that I made is that his jumps look simultaneously too easy and too hard. Do you feel me on this level? Do you? Yeah, the, the note that I made about his jumps were that he looks like, I don't know if you ever read these books when you were a kid, but Roger Hargreaves has the series of books called Little Little Miss and Mr. Men. And if you look up Mr. Messy, he's literally just like, he looks like oh a, uh, like a uh, tangled up ball of pink yarn with just like two eyes and a mouth. <laughs> I was like, Daniel Grossel looks like Mr. Messy when he jumps. <laughs> Not to say that his jumps are messy. Well, they... They kind of are. He manages to land them, or in this case, he didn't land too many of his quads that he attempted. But, you know, he gets them around. That's why he gets, you know, all the points. But they do look... They're not the... Let's let's say they're not the tidiest jumps in the world. No, hence, hence the Mr. Messy reference. <laughs> um, but this is also the same energy as when we talked about Jimmy Ma in the Skate America episode. Oh, yeah. And... Yeah. I found that Reddit comment that was like, Jimmy Ma has the same energy as Kevin Amos. They just yeet themselves into the air and hope they stick it. Yeah. Except Daniel Grassel is of the yeet with a lot of pre-rotation energy. But nonetheless, in his free skate, which was choreographed by Benoit Richard, he, I was like, damn, he tried a lot of quads. He did a, tried a quad lutz, but fell... He tried a quad flip, but put his hand down and he fell on his quad loop attempt. And I don't know, I, the program itself, unfortunately, didn't do too much for me. I felt like the music and energy felt all very one note and it didn't really seem to match Benoit's choreography too well. And we all know that Benoit is an amazing choreographer. It just felt very mismatched, but it just sucked to see him so disappointed in himself afterwards. Like... Yeah, that sucked. But anyway, he won the event and he's he's going to be competing a lot. He's in the Italian Grand Prix. He's going to be in the Warsaw Cup that is this coming weekend. So he's getting a lot of competition minutes under his belt. Yes, that is exciting. I, I you know, I for all these like new programs, I wonder if it's just really hard to learn choreography over Skype, you know, and to like learn... A program over Skype, right? So, like, we love Benoit, and yeah, I, you know, I, I just hope that it's more of a learning over Skype issue than it is like a maybe we can improve on the choreography issue. Yeah, but I mean, Daniel definitely, and I think he knows this as well, needs to improve in that area nonetheless. You can tell how much effort he's making to improve his PCS. So, yeah, I, I would definitely put it down to learning choreo over Skype and Zoom and stuff because overall. I I think that Luna was for sure, her short program was definitely mm -hmm. the skate of the event. And I cannot wait to see her compete next time whenever she does, because I'm we're big fans of her. So now let's move on to Cup of China, which was the crowning Grand Prix event this this weekend. And like Skate America, this Grand Prix is pretty much restricted to Chinese skaters and skaters who train in China and in a statement from the Chinese Skating Association on Weibo they said taking into account that November is a time when infectious diseases are prone to occur in winter especially those affecting the respiratory tract after multi-party communication and soliciting the opinions of relevant health and epidemic prevention departments in order to ensure a safe and healthy competition environment for athletes referees and other related personnel this year, the Cup of China will be held in an empty stadium. 
good on you, Chaya. Fair. That's the good decision. And also, in order to make up for the lack of spectators at the competition, the comp organisers launched a, like, support poster scenario thing where fans sent in their um, their art via via email and a select few were printed and hung in the rink so that definitely is something that gave the skaters a lot more support and I feel like there were um, were there arena noises that were added in or I know, I know there were a few like officials and spectators that were just around um, around the boards and around the rink floor. I remember watching it and I think that they really need the cheer and audience tracks that were there at Skate America. Like I literally remember everyone who was interviewed at Skate America and they were like, we really, really appreciated the placement and the addition of those cheer tracks because like even though we knew that those people weren't there, it was just helpful to like hear it. Um, I think that they needed those cheer tracks. And also, like, <laughs> during warm-ups and stuff, the music was, like, super not hype. Like, during this one warm-up, they played, like, Watermelon Sugar and this really sad Justin Bieber song. <laughs> and I was like, we don't need to listen to Watermelon Sugar and a sad Justin Bieber song right now. Okay, but the thing is, right, and this might be me stereotyping or generalizing, but I find that Asian music is always, and this is not their fault, but it's always, like, probably let's say five to 10 years behind the current like pop charts. And like Watermelon Sugar is definitely not, you know, not an old song by any means. But like if you walk into like an Asian restaurant or dessert like bar, they always play the hits from like the mid 2000s at the moment. (laughs) So like, (laughs) I feel like it's very in character for the warm up music to be a bit like, weird <laughs> oh my gosh but like the mid-2000s had some bangers they did have there were like bangers. hella bangers in the mid-2000s wait maybe not mid-2000s then but like the really morose adele era or like maroon 5 she will be loved that is like a classic boba place <gasps> yeah. song is yeah. like maroon 5 she will be loved exactly maybe they just took the boba places like <laughs> cds i wouldn't be surprised okay so let's get stuck into the ladies and we're gonna start off with the winner of this event Cheng Hongyi. Now she is 18 years old and pretty much it was hers to lose because the other main two Chinese ladies train in Canada and the US. We saw Ashley Lin compete in Skate America so they obviously could not make it back for Cup of China. So it was it was Hongyi's time to shine and I think she did pretty well. I do think she did pretty well. Uh, uh, let out a small sigh because she did do Cinema Paradiso from her short program. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we saw a lot of Cinema Paradiso last season with Brady's Free Skate. And I was like, you know, I do like this, but also like, I don't want to listen to this music right now. But it was very nice. It, it was definitely very nice. Look, I'll take multiple Cinema Paradisos over two darn hots. Too many two darn hots. <laughs> it's so hot. Please. I'll take it. Um, but she's got, she did a huge opening look toe although it like looked crooked in the air she had a great triple flip you know it was really refreshing for me to see her like traditional technique it was almost reminiscent of Lu Chen and the kind of 90s noughties era of skating and I was just like oh that's so nice because obviously we've been inundated with so many like little Russian beans coming up and I don't know it was just really nice to see that kind of skating but an area I think she needs to work on is polishing up her spins and expressing more through her face. Like she's got lovely lines and I just love to see her use that 
more, like use her asset more. Yeah, I definitely think that a lot of the ladies that we saw could use some uh, work with their facials. Yeah, yeah they definitely. just need a little more. In, in dance, we call this like mirror face, you know, when you're just like yes, staring definitely. at yourself yeah. in the mirror and there's not a lot of like face going on. We need to uh, put on our faces, ladies. Put on that Maddie face, get that on. Why do I keep making Dance Moms references? <laughs> I love Dance Moms references. Uh, the one, okay, she did eventually put on her face, though, but I found it interesting because, okay, so this event is sponsored by Shiseido, which is a makeup company. Really? And I, I didn't realize. It, it wasn't, like, very well marketed at all. <laughs> there weren't enough Shiseido products? Um, no. But, okay, so in the Kiss and I didn't Cry, see any in the Kiss and Cry. No, nothing in the Kiss <laughs> Sorry. and Cry. Sorry. Um, I forget whether it was after her short program or her free skate. But there were some Shiseido products that were in the Kiss and Cry, okay? And she took this, like, compact powder, and she it was just sitting in the Kiss and Cry. So I'm not sure if it was for the competitors to use or just, like, as, like, a display. But she picked up this powder compact, and she opened it and started using the applicator really? that was inside the powder compact and dotted it on her face, like kind of like buffed it into her skin. And I was like, this is not COVID safe. And then she no, put it, it back on the table. <gasps> no. I was, like, <laughs> I was no. like, this is not COVID safe. This is not the separate buckets at Skate America that were very COVID friendly. Don't worry. They chucked it out. They, they chucked it out after and replaced it with like one of the 50 million that they have at the event oh my gosh Uh, this is the narrative that we're gonna go with because i was like what are you doing you don't know whether someone has touched this powder maybe she was getting ready for her free program because that was a bird program that i wanted to see it it was to i have the strength to fly by xiao duo cheng so that it's a traditional chinese song it was really really lovely but (laughs) Look, it started out with like really nice bird choreography, a la Karen Chen, but then we lost the bird theme during the program and I was sad. Yes, there were there were no birds in the program. Uh, Karen Chen's bird themed program was very birdy throughout the entire thing. This was maybe like a six out of ten birdie. Six out of ten birdie. Not birdie who sang skinny love, but <laughs> not birdie who sang skinny love. <laughs> uh, but anyway, um Hong Yi did a decent free skate so she had a gorgeous triple lutz oiler triple sow at the beginning but then followed it up with a waxel and there was like a strange choreo sequence at the end where like her spiral positions were just almost there but they were purposely almost there and it just felt off but i'm i'm a fan of her skating she's really fluid she's a tall gal she's 172 centimeters and oh okay because I did ISU bios in Skate America, I have to do them here. Her hobbies were listed as baking, skiing, and shopping, which I- I'll dig that. I like that. Maybe maybe she was... Oh, we can be friends. Yeah, we can be friends. Maybe she was doing the uh, Shiseido Compact Powder in the Kiss and Cry to bake her face. Okay, sorry. <laughs> that was really tough. I tried to be punny and it was really bad. I'm sorry. So it's, it's all right. I'm sorry, everyone. We'll move on from that atrocity by talking about Angel Lee and she came in second and she's only 15 years old and she's such a bean. She's such a little bean. She is based in Shanghai. Shout out to Shanghai. My family's from Shanghai so woohoo. Uh, her hobbies were listed as painting, playing piano and dancing which I feel like maybe her parents wrote that for her. <laughs> <laughs> yes that's definitely a possibility. 
<laughs> big Shanghainese uh, parent energy. Yeah, very, very much so. Um, her short program was to Secrets by Jennifer Thomas. And girl, I loved the dress. It was so pretty, especially like the back. And it had the, I don't really know what to call it. It was like a deep back, but there were like, not ruffles, but like, I don't know. Go, go check it out on Google. It's a really, really lovely dress. It's very nice. It actually, okay, not to toot my own horn, but it was kind of reminiscent of like my wedding dress. Yeah. Like it kind of had like florals and had like this like muted pinky purple color. And that was the color of my wedding dress. Like it was so nice. I was like, that's a dress I would wear. Love it. That's actually true. That's very, that very, very true. You can toot your own horn on that because your wedding <laughs> dress is lovely. Thanks for the permission. Appreciate it. <laughs> Um, she's such a cutie. You can tell in her step sequence, like there was a moment where the camera caught her face and she was pretty much like, you know how when people are working really hard and they had their tongue out of their mouth, she was doing that in her step sequence. And I was like, oh, this is really, really cute. I'd love to see her skate with more complex choreography. She's a great little spinner, but one thing I did note was that there was a lot of two foot pumping into the jumps. And I was just like, girl. Oh, I yes, I noticed that At least too. pull a Boyang Jing and like shuffle between like each foot. So it's not technically two foot pumping. It's like one foot pumping. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's definitely a note that I put down too. I also like, I don't love these kind of like, okay, speaking of weddings, we, we did not have a string quartet at our wedding, just for fun facts. Um, but like, I'm not a fan of these. I've noticed just in this event, Maybe it's a Chinese skater thing. Maybe it's not. But, like, there were a lot of kind of, like, string quartet covers of popular music. Like, this is a One Republic song. And this is, like, a string quartet cover of that One Republic song. And I just, like, was not really a fan of the music. I I think that she could do better with other music. I think it's a very Chinese skater thing, especially when you're still in your early teens and you don't have the most creative control over things. It's just like, you skate to this. It's classical music. You'll do well. <laughs> and I mean, it's a lovely program. I don't think it stood out very much. Um, I mean, it's a very similar tone to her free skate, which was to Song for the Little Sparrow. We are again going with another bird theme. It, it was a fine free skate. It was a good outing for her. Um, but she seems to jump a lot with her arms, I also noticed, which is kind of concerning for when she grows. But I, anyway, I would love to watch her develop because I think she's very, very interesting. Yeah, this was also about a 6 out of 10 birdie. Uh, not, not the greatest. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think she, I mean, she's only 15. I think that this is like a really good opportunity for her and other young skaters at Cup of China. A lot of these girls are extremely young. Yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed her. And, and I think her short program dress is just beautiful. I need Love to it. get the number of her dressmaker because I don't know when I would use it, but just like just on file, you know? <laughs> Um, okay, so there was one final lady that I wanted to talk about, and her name is Siyang Zhang, and she's 15 years old, and she skated her short program to a Disney princess medley. I'm not going to go into a lot of detail about this, but <laughs> I just noticed that she looked very upset when she was skating. Like, she didn't look, like, pleased to be there, and I was like, if I was skating to a Disney princess medley... I would be, the first thought that popped into my mind was like, I would need an Anna Sherbakova costume change on the ice costume. And I would literally, so she skated to Sleeping Beauties Once Upon a Dream. You would literally, I would pay my costume designer to design me a dress that's like the full owl head <laughs> when she's roaming through the forest. And like, there's an owl head and the owl and the two birds dress as Prince Philip. 
this is how much energy I would put into a Disney princess medley, okay? Because, like, you can't skate to Disney princess medley every single time, right? You can only skate to it once, maybe twice. So I would just make my costume designer. I'd be like, hey, can you make me, like, that owl costume where she's in the forest and looking for Prince Philip, but it's really the owl and the two birds dressed in a red cape? And I would, like do the costume change like I don't even know what I would wear first but then the costume change would be like bloop, and there would be like the owl head with the red cape <laughs> she needs this energy you know what I think I found your true calling and it's to be the creative director of Disney on Ice I, I reckon you do really well the the job that I'm in is uh not the best paying job and that's not like a knock on my specific workplace it's just my industry I work in mental health and mental health workers are like chronically underpaid and undervalued but I I see my new my my side gig that that is definitely your side gig especially after COVID when every like touring starts to happen again you're in there I'll put in a word to the zero people I know (laughs) thanks I'll uh put you down as my reference yeah yeah (laughs) I hold a lot of weight. Okay. All right. So let's move on to pairs. And we're going to talk about the pair of the hour, Peng Cheng and Jing Yang. And they pretty much had it in the bag because we didn't see Sui and Han because Han underwent hip surgery in April this year. And the coaching team felt like he still needed some recovery time. And for the long-term health of Han, they felt like it wasn't worth competing, which, fair enough, I'd rather have a healthy Sui and Han for the Olympics than have them kind of get out too early and potentially exacerbate his injury further. So I'm fine with that decision, although I would really love to see them, but in due time. All right, anyway, Peng and Jin skated pretty well this event. Their short program was to Somewhere in Time by John Barry. And guess who choreographed this short program, Joss? Wait, is it... Wait, I have notes. It's Marie France. <laughs> it's our queen, Marie France Dubray. And I was just like, oh, okay, I'm here for this. Before we get too much into it, the side-by-side pairs jumps. <laughs> she she fell on hers, and I, my first thought was just like, side-by-side jumps are just really not in vogue this season, right? Um, but they did follow it up with a gorgeous throw-triple loop. What did you think of the program in general? I really liked this program. So I was not a fan of Allegria, as we uh, talked about (laughs) in our (laughs) Russian Test Skates episode. Not really a fan of Allegria. Did not enjoy her costume. Just didn't, wasn't a fan of the program. But I really like this program on them. I see the Marie France in it. 100%. I really like how they skate it. Yeah, I, I think that they uh, could really work on just kind of like the performative quality of it. Yeah, I I agree with you. I had a note about that as well. Like, I think they really have to tap into building a stronger performative connection between each other because for me, at least, currently it looks like two people skating together just because they can and not because they want to. And And it's something that, like, we both have noticed a lot of Chinese skaters need to work on. And... I think that's just the mentality of everything. But, you know, we've seen the slow introduction of Western coaches and choreographers into Chinese skating. So they're aware that that's their relative weakness. But the kind of whole like widespread improvement will definitely take some time to steep in. But I feel like Peng and Jin definitely are stepping in the right direction. They're not quite there yet, but they're getting there. Yeah, I I think they are. I mean, just... 
Chinese pairs in general, I think, are great. I love Sui and Han. Like, I will never not love Sui and Han. Love. Love them. Um, but Feng and Jin are not too far behind. I think they have a good thing going for them. One thing that I, t- <laughs> that I did note is that he really enjoys a multi-piece suit. I noticed that for... He does. <laughs> yeah, for both of their programs, the short and the free... He has like at least a three-piece suit, if not like a four a four-piece suit going on. Why do we need so many layers? Yeah, but you know, as long as he's comfortable, right? Um, anyway, their free skate uh was to Cloud Atlas, and that was choreographed by Laurie Nicole. And this is a program that they kept from last season. But we got a new Cloud Atlas costume. Woohoo! I really, really liked it. And I gotta say. I'm enjoying this free skate a lot more than I did last season. Last season, I felt, I don't know, I was a bit bored by it because it was very same, same in terms of their style and I don't feel like they performed it very, very well, but they look like they've gotten a lot more expressive in this program. She landed the first side-by-side triple sales that they did, so yay, but then she doubled the second side-by-side jump, which was supposed to be a triple toe and double toe. Jin did fine, Peng doubled the first triple toe. Overall, their elements look really solid, their throw jumps are great. Yeah, no, I I actually think that this program deserved a second season, which I didn't think I was going to say, but I really liked it. Although, they did also get stuck in their final pose and I was just like, oh no, but they got it out and it was all good. Yes, I was I was very scared when they ended. I was like, oh, but I love the costume. I really like the new costume. New costume is pretty primo. I, I love it a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. I definitely see a lot of improvements on last season. It was a very good choice to keep this free skate. Um, I think the music could use a little more dynamics. Like like you were saying, it was yeah. pretty like oh, same, same. Yeah, mm-hmm. like all of last season. I think that they could use potentially like a refresher music cut to just kind of like improve in the same way that they're improving. But overall, I think that I, I really like this free skate. I, I'm glad, again, that they kept it for a second season. Talking about, like, the music cuts, I think the Cloud Atlas theme is, like, it's fine. I completely agree with you talking about how I feel like there's need, there needs to be more levels to the music and they can actually skate through a story rather than one note. Yeah, it's pretty much, like, always at the same... vibrates at the same frequency throughout the whole skate. But nonetheless, I did end up enjoying it more than I did last season, so props to that. Yes, definitely. I think I think what we're trying to get at is um, it's it's like with pairs and with dance, I think that there is just like an added element, right? Because there are two folks on the ice and not just one. So there's more, I guess, like opportunity for storytelling. There's more opportunity for tension. And that's not necessarily like to say like romantic tension, but just kind of like to, to yeah. really kind of create the story within it. And I think that they did not capitalize on that opportunity with this program. Yeah, but they've got time. So yeah. Oh, before we move on, I almost forgot my ISU bios. Oh, yes. Her hobbies are photography and reading. We can be friends. Yes, we like. And then his hobbies. Look, this is the least surprising thing in the entire world. And this is like me completely stereotyping Chinese men. But his hobbies are playing basketball, listening to music and movies. I feel like this is the type of bio that you write after you get out of the home of your Shanghainese parents. (laughs) This is very different from uh, whatever the other one was, playing piano, dancing, and the other one. His parents were probably like, you have to say music and movie somewhere, 
And then he argued to put in playing basketball. (laughs) It's true. And then they probably made remarks about how tall he is compared to his buddies. Uh, Yes. But they they skated very well. And I'm very happy for them because they look like they're in pretty good shape for this point in the season. All right. Let's move on to ice dance. And okay, before I say anything, I was shocked that there were more ice dance pairs Chinese ice dance pairs than Chinese pairs skaters in this event. Like, whoa, when did this switch happen? Yeah, I looked on my screen and there were like so many teams. I was like, excuse me. I was like, did they did they get <laughs> the uh, did they get the discipline switched up? But I am super, super, super happy that China is getting a more deep ice dance field. By the look of the teams that competed this weekend, they look really, really good. Like they're stepping up their game. So let's start with kind of my personal favorites a little bit. And I know you love them as well. It is Ning Wanqi and Wang Chao. They're 20 and 24. Their coach is Chao Xingming. Her hobbies include swimming and drawing. His hobbies include movies and music. <laughs> again. And, <laughs> again. It's always movies and music. Always. But their rhythm dance was to Mary Poppins and... I loved it. I know you loved it. Kick us off, Joss. Oh my gosh. Okay, so I love Mary Poppins, and I currently love, love Mary Poppins because our dog's name is Mary Poppins. (laughs) Like, I will never not want programs done to Mary Poppins, okay? But like, it. okay, first of all, their costumes were like so dynamic and vibrant and fun. Like, I loved- It was so good. Yeah, and it was actually kind of more so the color palette of Mary Poppins Returns as opposed to the original Mary Poppins, but that's not a complaint. Mm -hmm. It's just just an observation. (laughs) I liked it, though. I I really liked the kind of blue and- the blue and reddish vibe. I digged it completely. I love it. I loved everything about this program. So their key points, they only hit one. It was a no, 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 yes. So they definitely need to work on the first half of their thin step pattern, like getting it on the music and cleaned up. But I think like with their entire skate, there is a lot of potential in them. I would really, really love to see them improve a lot so we can see them at the 2022 Olympics because I really, really enjoy this pair. They had really, really nice twizzles, both level fours. Yeah, no, I I just really, really like them. I think what sets this program apart from the rest of them for me, I mean, also that my dog's name is Mary Poppins, but apart from that, (laughs) is that I really enjoyed the matching of the uh, dynamics to the music to what was the elements that were happening. For example, the twizzles uh, were going on when Chim Chimney started, and I was like, this is a great position for twizzles, okay? And also, like, he was so happy at the end because it was the end of supercalifragilisticexpialidocious Allidocious. I can't believe I just tripped over supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. I'm so Poor mad form. at myself. Poor form. <laughs> but he was so happy at the end when that song ended. And like he was he was literally like the happiest man at the event. And I I was also a very happy audience member. They perform really, really well. Like they're really, really expressive. They've got their facial expressions down pat. And that really, really helped them, I think. I think they're I think they're big sleepers. Like get them to Montreal stat. I would I would pay for their, you know, flights over. I mean, not now, obviously with COVID, but I would pay for them 
to go to Marie France and Patrice. Yeah, maybe our uh, Dogs Rescue can sponsor them. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Sponsored by Doggy Rescue. So, oh, I so wish. All right, so their free dance was to Mozart L'Opera Rock, and it's the same free dance as they had last season. And, okay, this music is rather chaotic. Yeah, this, is, this is a lot. This is uh, Mr. Messy music. We should just assign Mr. Men and Little Miss to every single competitor <laughs> in every single competition. Um, but this music has, like, some strong moments to it, but I just don't feel like it's a good vehicle for this team to perform to, or in general for anyone to skate to. It's just, it's very chaotic. I think that just with the amount of, like, expression and connection that they have, which I think that this really sets them apart from other teams, is that I really do feel like they are really into what they're doing. They have a good connection. I think this is my proposal, okay? Okay. They should get Jason Brown's old CD collection from before he went to Brian Orser. Yeah, and do all of the musical songs. All of the musicals for them. They seem oh. like a great uh, skates to musicals team. Oh, I agree. And I feel like, well, I mean, their free dance was to Mozart L'Opera Rock. And I feel like that was just a rock musical. That was just a very chaotic rock musical. But no, I, I, I completely <laughs> I completely agree. I just don't want this rhythm dance theme to end. Uh, but I know all good things have to come to an end. No, I really, really like this team and the potential that they have because they they have quality in them. They just need that little something, something and get them competing with the big teams out there. All right, let's move on to our silver medalists, Cheng Hong and Sun Zuo Ming. And they are coached by Marie-France Dupre and Patrice Lozon. And like their teammates, Wang Shiye and Liu Xingyu, they were able to compete in Cup of China because, like, I don't know how they did it, but they spent the entire season getting coached over video. Like, that's nuts. Or maybe not the entire season, but they flew back for Cup of China, and since then, um, after quarantine and such, they've been getting coached over video, which is nuts because they both look quite solid and trained. And I think that's a lot of it's down to Marie France and Patrice, but. Yeah. What did you think of Cheng and Sun? I think, okay, first of all, both them and Wang and Liu, they they were so cute in the kiss and cry, okay? They literally were both like, hi, Marie. Thank you, Marie. And they were like waving at the camera. <laughs> I know. I was like, you it's sweet so summer children. I love you so much. <laughs> I, okay, I, I just oh. love them. I, I automatically love both of them because they were just so enthusiastic in saying hello to Marie and thanking her. <laughs> so Cheng and Sun both had their hobbies on the on their ISU bios listed as swimming and just swimming. <laughs> that was the only thing. Swimming. That was the only hobby that they have. And so I hope they're as enthusiastic about swimming <laughs> As they are about Marie France and Patrice, because we're enthusiastic about the Gadbois Center as well. So, anyway, about their skating. The rhythm dance was to The Greatest Showman. And, okay, I immediately thought of Tiffany Zagorski and Jonathan Guerrero. And, like, they're very, they're two very different rhythm dancers, and that's good, but I felt like her dress wasn't very Greatest Showman esque. It, it felt like very Butterfly Lovers type deal i i also think that the cut is weird and also the rhythm doesn't seem correct it just doesn't seem right for the rhythm dance requirements 
it just seemed like the elements just didn't hit right. And I'm pretty sure that it is the fact that the rhythm in the music does not match the rhythm that they are supposed to be doing. Yeah, it felt kind of, I wouldn't say flat, but, you know, with especially with this rhythm dance theme, you know, we, we see a lot of um, really upbeat and punchy and Animal Crossing peppy. Animal but crossing. this kind of just felt, it felt a bit just not punchy enough and you could definitely tell that when they were going into their fin step because normally you hear this really clear beginning of you know the pattern music and you know the start of the whole thing and it just kind of all blended into each other speaking about their pattern they got a yes no yes yes it was a shame that she didn't hit the first key point because i thought they looked great in the pattern they've got nice speed and nice flow but yeah, the the performance performance wise, it didn't really grip me with this rhythm dance, unfortunately. But I, it left me with a good enough impression that I was keen to see their free dance. Unfortunately, I was not really a fan of the free dance either. Uh, it was to I will wait for you, and I truly don't believe that either of these people would wait for the other one in really any scenario. No, neither. It was, it was like a, so it's Umbrellas of Cherbourg, but it's not the typical soundtrack version that we're all used to. I didn't, like you, I didn't feel any connection between the two of them, or between them and the quote-unquote audience, and kind of left me bored. I'm sorry. I mean, I really like them, and I think that they do have a per- they, they do have personality, and they do have a connection, because we see them in the Kiss and Cry. They're so cute, but, like, I just don't know why yeah. it's not translating. I don't know if it's just this competition, or if this is going to continue. Hopefully it does not continue, but I did not see their connection and personality here on the ice. Yeah, and, that, and that's a shame. You know, hopefully, I mean, they are 26 and 25. Maybe that's just how they're used to performing. But I think with Marie France and Patrice as their coaches, they're going to get a kick up the butt in terms of really trying to ramp up their PCS. So I'm excited for their development because, like you said, they've got great qualities. Yes, I agree. And let's move on to their training mates. And they're the winners of the competition, and deservedly so. It's Wang Shiyue and Liu Xingyu. You know what? I found her Instagram, and it's the cutest thing ever. Her English name is Nina. Her hobbies are movies and photography. And that's not just like any plain, let's just put whatever in here. She really likes photography. She's got like her camera, like her full DSLR out in her Instagram. She's such a cutie, and he is too. He lists his hobbies as singing, reading, movies, and music. Maybe, you know, we'll hear him on, you know, Masked Singer China. That would be great. Oh my god, Masked Singer China. <laughs> that's like, that's where it all started. Like, thank you, China, for giving us the Masked Singer format, because it's dope. It's dope. And Jocelyn, like, it's life-saving for Joss. Like we mentioned before, this season, Shiyue and Xingyu trained with their coaches Marie France and Patrice over video and I think it's just amazing what they've managed to put out this competition especially since Xingyu had a hand injury and surgery two months ago and was like still determined to come out and they were just like oh it's not perfect we had to like change a few choreographic elements you know to accommodate for my hand and I'm like girl I didn't notice anything I did not notice anything their rhythm dance was to Charlie Chaplin and I know that we just talked about another team in Skate America. Was it Lou and Mitrofano? Yeah, was it yeah, them yeah. that did Charlie Chaplin? Yep. Yeah, it was them that did, that did Charlie Chaplin. And I was like, they do not have Charlie Chaplin energy. 
But okay, listen up. These folks totally have Charlie Chaplin energy. My favorite part of this program, apart from the entire program, (laughs) was the fact that uh, they had literally matching costumes. And I love love a suit on a lady. My favorite. I know. And both of them rocked their costumes. They were so in character. I love the fact that they work with Queen and King up in Montreal. You know what? It always surprises me how tall he is. Like, they look like pear skaters, but their edges are great. They're deep and smooth. I'm just so excited that China has a really great dance team, you know, and that their interpretation is through the roof. Charlie Chaplin, like, hats off. (laughs) Hats off to them. Because, God, I'm, I'm really, I'm really with it today with the awful puns. But, you know... I love this rhythm dance. They kept it from last season, and I'm so glad that they did. You know, their thin step was super, super great. They hit all of their key points. You could tell from the moment that they were done. Yeah, I just loved it. I loved it. This is pure Charlie Chaplin. Ugh, great. Amazing. And their free dance was a different tone for sure. But, like, I love the combination of it. Like, I think that this is the perfect repertoire for them this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, their free dance was to Swan Lake, which, uh, yep. again, was the same as last season. So they're repeating both of their programs. Um, and I love their costumes. I love uh, the fact that, so again, I think that the elements were perfectly well-placed in the music. And, like, I just... I, I love them. I mean, I haven't watched them, like, a lot, a lot before. Like, I've known that they existed. But, like, we were talking about, like, Chinese ice dance has never been, like, a thing. You know? Like, Chinese pairs has always been a thing. But I totally think that Chinese ice dance could be a thing, considering how many teams we saw here. I know. And that's looking really great for the Chinese team for the 2022 Olympics. And, like, 100% that's what they were going for because they were just, like, we need to win the team event. They placed... 22nd in Pyeongchang like they're 100% going to rocket up the standings next Olympics and I cannot wait for them to like like you said everything was really really well timed and placed in the program like the Swan Lake Coda was exactly where the twizzles were and I was just like jumping around in my seat kind of nerding out to the fact that they picked that moment to do their twizzles (laughs) they had a stunning level four curve lift that they did I just really really like this team I think they've improved so much since they first came out and we were just like oh a Chinese dance team okay like all right they're decent but recently they have improved so 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 much and I'm a huge fan yes definitely all right let's move on to men we are going to start with our bronze medalist here Yudong Chen who is 16 years old and a bright and peppy sprightly young bean he I honestly had not had him on my radar, but apparently he has been kind of up and coming. Um, But he had huge Much Dance 1998 energy going on (laughs) because he skated to Jamiroquai for his short program. And I was like, you go, small bean. Oh, my God. As soon as I saw that, I was like, I am a fan already. I haven't seen him skate before, but I saw the music and I was like, all right, you've got a fan in me. So, okay. His hobbies on his ISU bio are dancing and singing. And along with his age, I was just like, oh my God, can he be the, can he be the Chinese Chun Wan Cha? Like, please? <laughs> He's oh a reigning. He has the energy He for has it. the energy. He does. I know. He, he and Jun Wan should be like best friends. Like, 
Chung Yudong, just move, just move to Canada, and you and Junwon can be best buddies because I would be here for it. Anyway, he's oh the reigning gosh. junior national champion, and like you said, not a not on a lot of people's radars. Obviously, domestically he is, but so short program, like we said, Jamiroquai's can heat, and the wink at the start, I was like, I love you already. <laughs> we love him. He, like, it was so great. He just needs to return his shirt to Hot Topic and then we're all good to go. 16-year-olds can shop at Hot Topic. This is acceptable. I love it. I'm going to stand his Hot Topic shirt. <laughs> and and this is totally projection because I shop at Hot Topic. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I would shop at Hot Topic too. But, like, this was very, like, let's put a huge print on my shirt because I don't, like, I'm desperate for a costume. Like, I feel like you could look a bit more tasteful. Like, I don't really associate Jamiroquai with, like, a, a geodesic blue type deal. Yeah, it's fine. Because he had the wink at the start. So that just, <laughs> that helped nullify everything else. So, yeah, he's such a great little skater. His free skate was to Mi'kmaq Atilarigo. I don't know. But he's such a cute little bean. A lot of potential. Very, very sprightly. He knows how to perform. But you can tell he skates rather junior, but obviously with time, this will no doubt improve. He's 16. He looks like he has solid base jump technique, so I'm really excited to see him skate over the years and see him develop because I'm a fan. Yeah, in his uh, free skate, it he had so much fun choreo. He had his facial expressions on point. At one point, I put down that he mimed a heart, kind of like people do in the kiss and cry, like like the M in YMCA. Like we love a miming moment in the free skate. Uh, he was just so like pleased with himself too. I I really enjoyed him. He was he was a nice light uh, compared to uh, some of the folks that. Did not have such great skates before him. He was just so happy and bouncy. You know who else was really, really happy? Who also made me very, very happy? Oh my gosh, my it fave. It was Yan Han. Oh. oh my god, my fave. My fave. Fave ever. Oh, okay, so what's not my fave is his ISU bio hobbies are literally just like movies, music, and dance. Like, that's boring. Come on. We know you have so much personality. Please, sir. But, oh, I have such a soft spot for Han. Oh, I love him so much. I'm so happy he is back to competing and, like, skating because he loves to skate and not because he feels pressured to. Oh, okay. I'll stop my fangirling and talk about his programs. He's kept both of his programs from last season. His short program is to A Thousand Years by Christina Perry, choreographed by Laurie Nicole. And his free skate is to La La Land. Okay, talk about his short program, Joss. I know you love Christina Perry. I do love Christina Perry. However, there were a lot of A Thousand Years programs at this event, but this was obviously by far my favorite. Uh, One thing that I wanted to note, and I did some mathematics about, Claudia, we know you love the mathematics, so I decided to uh, (laughs) cater to my podcasting co-host. So on Twitter, I saw that uh, his triple axel, which is literally a thing of beauty and deserves an entire shrine. uh, I saw that someone on Twitter had noted that it covers 4.31 meters. (gasps) And I decided to calculate other things that span 4.31 meters. So things that okay. I did calculations on were 38 and a half standard sized Snickers chocolate bars. 
I also calculated that Rapunzel's hair is 70 feet long. So 4.31 meters is one-fifth of Rapunzel's hair. Dang. (laughs) His triple axle spans 20% of Rapunzel's hair. Uh, I also calculated that it is approximately 6.15 standard adult poodles long. Adult poodles, okay. (laughs) So if you've lined up poodles... Head to tail, one right after another. <laughs> 6.15 poodles. Okay. There would be seven poodles on the ice, just to clarify, um, that they would span the length of Hanyan's triple axle. <laughs> it just would be past the span of Hanyan's triple axle. Um, and also... Just like, where did the other 85% of the, you know, the seventh poodle go? Like, come on. Come on, where's the other um, 0.85 poodle? <laughs> Oh my gosh, Claudia, we're Shanghainese parents. Where's the other 0.85 poodle? <laughs> when you get 99%, but your parents are like, so where did the other 1% go? Like, come on. <laughs> Where's the other 0.85 poodle? That's the first question that comes to mind. Like, oh my God, I'm turning into my parents. <gasps> oh, anyway, his triple axle is a thing of absolute beauty and glory. It got... Three plus five GOEs and two plus three GOEs. Like, excuse me, plus three judges. What were you watching? Like, not even a plus four? Anyway. My hypothesis is that it's COVID times and they haven't had optometrist appointments in a long time. So maybe they can uh, get some new glasses quite soon. Just, you're the optometry expert. Maybe you should just fly over and just (laughs) give them a bit of a... Give them a quick refraction. (laughs) quick refraction (laughs) Uh, but han is truly the best example of how to yeet yourself into jumps properly like the yeetage is just (laughs) it's unsurpassed people need to listen watch and learn but also i feel like han needs to be like alexi bachenko and just never stop skating well like now that he's feeling more free and found his love for skating again like don't stop like, be Alexei Bachenko, go to, like, 15 different Olympics, always skate to La La Land and Christina Perry. Just, ugh, uh, I don't know. He's just so quality. I don't care if he does, you know, just doubles. I, I, I could watch him skate for days. Yeah, he is, I was truly afraid that he would never skate again after he stopped. Like, we, I literally thought he was going to retire. Yeah, However, like, he really does look so happy. Like, when he got off the ice, he, like, gave his coach the biggest hug. I like, know, he it was, was so wholesome. so happy. I was like, oh my gosh, these other coaches are, like, 18 feet away from their folks in the kiss and cry, but he's like, I'm just going to give you a hug. I mean, I don't know if this is COVID safe, but but I love the happiness. I love the happiness. <laughs> but also, did you see him like at the end of his short program, like take everything in, take in the, in the applause and the moment. He was just so peaceful. He was practicing his mindfulness. It was just so wholesome. And then he like let out the biggest smile and I was just like, oh, my face we love my son my skating son (laughs) my skating son costa is my skating daughter he can be my skating son uh one thing that we also both agree on uh is that his short program score was pretty great it was 92.56 however we both agree that we would have scored him higher than boyang jin in pcs uh he was only 0.58 behind but i think that he deserved more pcs than boyang jin a hundred percent. Like, do you see how fast Han just literally yeets himself across the ice in his jumps and just in his skating in general? He's got like the edge. Anyway, 
I could wax lyrical forever about him. But in his free skate, he did score the highest PCS of the night, 90.18 in PCS. Like, hallelujah. Thank, thank goodness. Because it was deserved. Yes, amazing. Okay. But his free skate is to La La Land and it's choreographed by Yuka Sato and Kurt Browning. And just everything about that sentence just is pure love and joy. Everything about that sentence, the La La Land, the Yuka Sato, the Kurt Browning. I'm just, I love it. I love it. I love it. He's the only one who can, who should be allowed to skate to La La Land for eternity. Him and Maren Honda. Um, my first note, though, was Nathan may be Rocket Man, but Han is Pocket Man. Oh, no, Claudia, stop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I also have down a little too much, quote unquote, this is the Paul Fence meme, uh, my pants have pockets, <laughs> where he's just like skating around and showing folks that his pants have pockets. I also put down... That his entire transition into the triple sal was a pockets moment. Like he didn't even like bother having like a full on transition. He just like skated into it with his hands in his pocket. The thing is though, when Kurt Browning choreographs that into your program, it's fine. You know, I don't think Kurt Browning would have choreographed Paul Fence's pocket, you know, <laughs> stuff. <laughs> uh. But the program is expertly choreographed. Pockets or no pockets, although we stand the pockets. His first triple axle, triple toe, I was just like, "Woo! stop the count, everybody. Stop the count. We're done. Let's pack up for the day. It was gorgeous. Oh, my gosh. So good. So, so, so good. I was just like, he's not allowed to change his programs until the 2022 Olympic season. And yes, that does mean he should keep the same programs for four consecutive seasons. Like, please. It's It's fine. fine. It's fine. But like, he scored 17.73 points in GOE alone. Like, that is huge. And that just speaks volumes about his quality and you know I'm totally fine that you know he did some triple doubles he didn't have any quads I'm just uh it's like with Jason Brown like he doesn't need quads it's like with Adam Rapon you don't need quads I just highly enjoy your skating yeah and I would much rather see him skate triples and really enjoy himself and not be on the brink of retirement, which really upset me a lot. It upset him um, too. Not that he should care about my feelings whatsoever. He should just do what makes him happy. But um, <laughs> that aside, I would much rather see him be happy and skate triples than stress about adding quads and not getting them and not, you know, um, skating the programs to his full capability and enjoyment. Absolutely. And I think he is really relishing in the fact that he's not, you know, the leading man of China at the moment. Like Jin's got that. And I think Han is like totally fine with that because he can, you know, work in peace and work at his own pace and skate because he loves to and not because he's pressured as this poster boy of Chinese skating with the whole nation's hopes on him. Like, even saying that sentence aloud just gives me anxiety. Yeah, um, where's your 0.85 poodle? But, <laughs> uh, but uh, I just enjoyed how happy you looked this event and how well and how well he skated. Like, obviously, it wasn't the most technically difficult, but, you know, his GOE, PCS really, really added up. And it was closer to Boyang's scores than a lot of people would have thought. 
So, oh, I just love him so much. Truly oh, love. He's one of my favorites. Love, love, love. Uh, with that being said, why don't we move on to Boyang Jen, who uh, everyone is hoping will complete that 0.85 poodle with from for all of China. Uh, I think, honestly, though, that that pressure really got to him <laughs> over the past couple of seasons. Uh, I saw him at Skate America last year, and he honestly is, like, the nicest person. Like, I want to take a photo with him, and he, like, stopped, and he kind of, like, talked to me. And I was like, you're so nice. You're about to compete, so I don't want to bug you. But He's a human corgi. I, I really I enjoy I feel like he's him. a human corgi. Yeah, he's just, like, a sweet, nice person. But I really do think that he kind of, like, lost the light over the past couple of seasons, uh, which is ironic because his last short program was to – first light but (laughs) I promise I did not come up with that ahead of time um but anyways that being said uh a lot of uh Chinese men skating truly uh he is carrying upon his shoulders waiting for the last poodle to be completed but let's let's actually talk about his programs uh his short program is to trio and d and mechanisms by k richter choreographed by shaylin bourne we love a Shailen Bourne program. Yes, we do. Um, however, he was wearing this shirt for a good portion of last season until the very end where he changed this purple shirt, which I must say that I enjoyed a lot better. Me too. But I, the first time that I saw this shirt, I was like, it looks like yellow snow. Yellow snow? I said scrambled eggs. <laughs> you were a lot nicer than I was. I just don't like it. It's- I was just like, why? Like, you're wearing a scrambled egg shirt. Like, I, I love scrambled eggs. It's it's my breakfast staple, but I don't necessarily need to see it in a program. No, know? it's not flattering. Like this it's color not. of pastel yellow plus the white is just, it's not flattering, especially like under spotlights and like from far away. It's just not very cute. It's probably like one of my least favorite costumes like over the past few years that I've seen. And it's got like the bunchy, like the scrunchy little, I can't, I don't know what word to describe it, but it's you know what I'm you know what I'm talking about it's got that kind of detail that I'm just like uh yes I'm not a fan the misplaced ruching yes yeah but I am a fan of his huge quadlets I mean it's so big that I'll forgive the like the two foot shuffling pumping into it like that's where (laughs) the other 0.85 poodle went like (laughs) it's just it the height he gets on his jumps is truly mind-blowing but yeah, I think the costume really, like, the program is fine. The program's, you know, decent. But I'm just not a fan of, like, everyone wearing gloves, especially when they're clearly not part of the costume. Like, nude gloves, okay. Like, sure. But, like, this just looks like a practice outfit. Like, chuck off those gloves, boying. Come on. Yeah, I also think that the gloves were uh, particularly emphasized because of his opening pose. Uh, I believe, this is my theory about this program, is that a lot of it is, like, clock-like motion, I think, because there were, like, some outright kind of, like, clock movements. However... I liked it, though. I did. No, no, no. I really liked it. But the opening pose, (laughs) it was kind of, like, feline, and I didn't note the program music okay like before the program started so I was looking at his like opening pose and I was like you know it I was like is this another program to McCavity?" so Paulina Edmonds uh before her <laughs> retirement when she was her first season back competing uh skated to uh McCavity from the Cats movie which 
is a horrifying movie, first of all. Um, but second of all, <laughs> I forget who it was. Maybe it was uh, TSL. But they were like, we received a message that was like, why is she skating to a piece of music called My Cavities? Is this like a <laughs> dental program? <laughs> but anyways, it was just very like feline. A dental program. <laughs> the way yeah, that... Uh, that explains the scrambled egg shirt. <laughs> The, the way that uh, he was posed at the beginning. So I was bracing myself for a McCavity program, another McCavity program. Or it could be like the gloves were there for like the tutting, a la like step up three, like that whole thing. But I, I'd love to see him do a tutting program. But, tutting besides, program. <laughs> but that's besides the point. We Like, I, I actually disagree with you in the sense that in the past couple of seasons, I feel like we can see the improvement in his spins and PCS since the Olympics. And maybe, yes, there's kind of like that transitional stage that he's going through after the Olympics where he's really tried to work on being like the best he can be, but also as, you know, China's leading man in skating. I just think that it's the kind of awkward transitional stage that we've been seeing in him really trying to improve his skating skills and improve, you know, the artistic side of his skating. Because we all know that he's a fantastic jumper. Like, he yeets himself straight up and down. Like, it's it's nuts. But, yeah, that's at least that's what I think and what I've felt from his performances over the past two se- couple of seasons. His free skate, though, was to House of the Rising Sun, choreographed by Laurie Nicole. And... First off, wahoo, that triple axle oiler, triple sow, I was just like, oof, yeah. But then, great. he's the only one who can do a quad lutz that's so great and then fall on a triple lutz, triple toe. Like, <laughs> <laughs> come on, boy, egg. But yeah, I think first, my first up point was that he borrowed his shirt from Johnny Weir's a black swan reject pile and then stole his pants from Alexei Pachenko's rink to club pants pile. <laughs> it was, oh my gosh. It was all a bit mismatched in the costume, but you know, I, in general, another note that I had was Boyang is the Elvis Stoiko of this generation. And that is not a bad thing at all. It's just very... <laughs> It's a character. <laughs> it fits in that mold. It's a brand. But I think that this program just needs a bit more work and a bit more fine tuning. But I, I, okay, so this is my theory. My theory is that after the Spider Man and Star Wars seasons, okay, I think that those programs like really like defined him. I think that he loved them. Like every single time he would talk about like anything, he would associate himself with Spider Man. Like this was he just like needs his, he just like his brand. I know. Just stop doing it for the exhibition and just actually do it for a program. I mean, Tarasova and Morozov did Candyman. Like you can do Spider Man. Come on, you can do Spider Man. It's fine. Um, but but like I think that like for the past couple seasons he was like struggling to like find programs like he really loved like that and like it's so hard to skate to or like dance right because I used to dance like dance to something like doesn't feel like it like fits in your body fully you Mm know no I agree and I think that when he did House of the Rising Sun like when 
it was one of the jumping passes, but he literally like went into it with so much momentum that it was one of the ones that he fell on. But you could just see that like he just kind of like careened himself into it and was like, oh my gosh, I did not give enough time to, to transition properly into this jump. Uh, did not give myself enough time to for the entire entry. But like you could tell that he was like so into it. And I was like, I'm so happy that you're just so into it again. I, I'm so here for this. I know. And he had like a little uh, Laurie put in a actual guitar strumming moment it lasted like 0.5 seconds but I, I was just like this is so camp this is so boyang and I and I love it I love that he's able to be himself with his music selections the ones that you know he really really likes because I mean ISU bio time again listening to music is listed as one of his hobbies as is car racing and car that got racing. me thinking yeah, car racing. Mm-hmm. He he's he's equally as cute as he is edgy, and he needs to let people know that. <laughs> and with with the car racing, that got me thinking: like, what kind of music would I pick for Boyang? In kind of in assumption that he will also like it, and what I came to was everyone's favorite skating movie, Cutting Edge, the original like 1998 is it 1998 i i think it's 1998 you can dub me over if it isn't but the original 1998 version where they skate to that kind of like the music y'all 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 know what i'm talking about but i feel like that would be a great short program for him or at least like an exhibition i mean i'll fly to china and i'll choreograph it for him just for my pure amusement Oh my gosh, no. Okay, but, you know what else he should skate to? This is such like a high school Chinese boy thing, but like he should okay. skate to the initial D soundtrack. Oh my god. He, saw, he should also skate to the Cars Pixar movie soundtrack and Life he could be Lightning McQueen. <laughs> he can be either Lightning McQueen or Mater. Maybe Yan Han can be Mater and Boyang can be Lightning McQueen and they can do like a duo exhibition program. Oh my gosh. But wait, who has more Tomator energy? I feel like Boyang has more Tomator energy. <laughs> Yan Han is not Lightning McQueen, though. It's true, it's true. He, he's not Lightning McQueen. Maybe they can maybe they can switch. Maybe they're both Tomator. Just just have two Tomators. Just have two. <laughs> just have two. That's fine. He's one of our favorites and, you know, being the only person who really successfully landed a bunch of quads, this really was his to lose, but he didn't lose it. He got the gold medal just like he had gold blades on. So congratulations, Boyang. And yeah, that pretty much wraps up our cup of China recap. Do you have anything else to add, Joss? I do not. I do really enjoy the gold blades. I was like... I love these. I love everything. It's about very this. on brand, isn't it? Yes. I think that our men's podium was fantastic. I loved all three of them. Me too. Okay, time for our kiss and cry segment. Yeah, why don't we start with our book this week and then we can talk about we have several other things that we want to talk about in our kiss and cry but very quickly we will recommend you guys a book and this week our book is inspired by the programs many programs plural skated to <laughs> a thousand years by christina perry uh, at the cup of china but most importantly han yen's short program so a thousand years was a song included in the twilight movie breaking dawn part one <laughs> so we wanted to recommend a book that has vampire themes and the book that we chose is 
Certain Dark Things by Sylvia Moreno-Garcia. This is a book that takes place in... Who's a G? Oh my gosh. Amazing. Totally amazing. Uh, If you like this book, I would definitely recommend anything from her repertoire. She writes in all different genres, but every single one of her books is amazing. But anyways, uh, this book that we chose is called Certain Dark Things, and it takes place in Mexico City. Our main characters are Atl and Domingo. Atl belongs to a tribe that has origins in the Aztec Empire. More specifically, is a descendant of Aztec blood drinkers. Domingo is a young man who is homeless and collecting garbage. Atl needs to leave the city because there is a clan of vampires chasing her down and people keep dying. These vampires are closing in and she eventually forms a bond with Domingo as he assists her in trying to dodge the police and the crime overlords that are all chasing her. Uh, Certain Dark Things has really everything that you need. It has love, corruption, vampires, criminals. And again, if you like this book, definitely check out anything else by Sylvia Moreno-Garcia. Absolutely amazing. Again, this book is called Certain Dark Things by Sylvia Moreno-Garcia. She is such a great writer. I'm such a fan of her works. And it's getting a kind of a re-juge up, and that's going to come out next year. So everybody get ready for that pick up the book because she's awesome all right let's move on to some other things that we were going to talk about and i guess the first thing on the docket is obviously we've got the russian cup stage four this week it's got kind of a weird timetable compared to all the other competitions but nonetheless we get our skating drama for the week while we wait for the weekend and the warsaw cup um, stage four is going to be a really, really interesting one because this is Aliona Kostornaya's first comp- competitive outing this season, and she's going to be up against Sasha Trusova, Stanislava Konstantinova, Maya Kromik, Sofia Samadurova, and Elizaveta Nugumanova. And that's just a bloodbath waiting to happen. I'm really, really excited because we finally get to see her new free skate that's choreographed by Shailen Bourne. So. Yeah, there's gonna definitely going to be a lot of drama surrounding it. Hopefully, you know, everyone wears their mask somewhat properly. I think a 50% grade, like a passing grade, would be quite good for the Russians. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, I think everyone's just really excited to have another Russian Cup event to, to watch. Another Russian skater that we haven't heard so much of this competitive season, but she is the Olympic champion, is Alina Zagitova, and she just skated in the show Figure Skating Lovers, and she put out two performances. They were really good. I just, it was really, really nice to see her back skating. I think that for me personally, she grows on me every year, and like, it kind of makes me feel like we should really get the pro circuit back up and running, because... You know, I don't want her to feel super pressured to be competing and keeping up with, you know, all those three A's and little jumping beans that can do quads at the age of 10. And it's just absolutely ridiculous. But I really just want her, just like Yan Han, to love skating and skate because skate and compete because she really wants to. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, So for one of her programs that she did in Figure Skating Lovers, uh, she skated to Esmeralda. And I really enjoy most things about this program, uh, besides <laughs> the fact that I think that, I mean, especially because she's not competing right now, maybe she could, like, experiment mm-hmm. with someone other than Danny G 
uh, Jasper from 101 Dalmatians. Uh, no, <laughs> I, I completely her share that, that preference. Just a preference. I love the concept of Esmeralda for Alina. But I was like, can we get anyone other than Daniil doing this program? Anyone. Anyone else. Like, Alexei Mushin, you can probably choreograph this and, you know, we'll get your arm flappity flappities. But, yeah, I... I <laughs> I agree. I'd love to see her experiment with other choreographers. (laughs) Not only because I think she deserves it, but I think she's got the capability to. I think she... She's a really, really good skater. She's obviously Olympic champion for a reason, but as she's growing older, she's becoming more expressive and more kind of in touch with herself, and that really shows in her performances. So, yes, that's one vote from me for please get another choreographer. Just anyone else. (laughs) anyone else for sure but yes very nice to see her back very nice to see her skating full programs very much appreciated we will end this kiss and cry segment by previewing next weekend which will be the warsaw cup and this one's a strange one because there's going to be no pairs or ice dance there's going to be no exhibition gala and obviously no spectators but we do have a pretty decent roster of skaters for the men we get to see our wonderful Kevin Amos. Woohoo. We get Daniel Grassel in his like 50 millionth competition this season. And we get skaters <laughs> like Graham Newbury from Great Britain. And I feel like this will just be a great, just like Neville Horn Trophy, another great opportunity for skaters to get out there, get some competitive ice under their feet, and especially for Kevin, just to kick off his season. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we will be covering at least part of that in one of our podcasts coming up. And, you know, we've got great ladies. For example, we've got Gurley Liname, we've got Leah Cerner, we've got Julia Lang, Yvette Toth, Laranaki Goodman, Natalie Weinzerel. Yeah, a lot of great lady skaters as well, who some of them have competed in Nebelhorn, and this will be their second or third outing this season. So, yeah, I feel like Warsaw Cup will be, will be a pretty good one. Yeah, and we will, uh, again, be covering at least part of that in one of our next episodes i think that's it for this episode so my name is joss and you can come and chat with us at let's get down pod l-u-t-z on twitter and instagram and if you want to work with us shoot us an email at let's get down pod at gmail.com if you like this podcast and enjoy pockets as much as yan han does please visit us wherever you listen to podcasts and give us some five-star love because we'd really really appreciate it Thanks y'all for listening. Bye.